Hey, hey, and welcome to another edition of the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. And that's me, David Dollar, your host. Now, if you can do me a favor and think of your favorite Disney theme song, maybe uh, you ain't never had a friend like me from Aladdin, or I See the Light from Rapunzel, maybe So This Is Love, or uh, you know, When You Wish Upon a Star, think of that. Now imagine fireworks going off, and suddenly you've now imagined our theme song. We'll get a theme song eventually. That'll, that'll happen down the road. My name is David Dollar, your host, and thank you so much for downloading once again. I am so appreciative of this show so far. Um... It's been a great response for the first two episodes, and I really, really appreciate it. So I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to ask you if you will do me a favor. If you'll go online whenever this show drops, whenever you're hearing this show, and you'll see the icon. You'll see it on Instagram. You'll see it on Twitter and on Facebook, and, and I'll give you all that information later of where to find it. But go online and uh, do it mind sharing the show. Maybe do it a share real quick or telling people about it, tagging some people and say, hey, guys, you guys should listen. Hey, friend, you should listen to this Disney podcast. It's actually pretty good. Uh, I'd like to think it's pretty good. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I say, hey, this is a Disney podcast I'd love for you to listen to. And, uh, you know, let them listen. I'll share the show. That's how the show is going to grow. That's how the show is going to get bigger and better. And we'll be able to do theme songs and be able to do other stuff, too. And, and so uh, that's how the show is going to happen. But I really appreciate you guys listening more than you possibly could know because I wouldn't have a show unless people were downloading and listening. Otherwise, I would just sit and sit in the bathroom and talk to myself in the mirror because, you know, that's that's the only person that would listen to me. So, Magic and Adult Podcast, what is this show? This show is a Disney conversation in podcast form. Today, we'll be talking about a lot of fun stuff. We'll hit some quick news in just a minute. We'll be talking uh, about Disneyland, run Disney ending. How about some dogs at the Walt Disney World hotels? We'll be talking about Star Tours um, and Star Wars. We'll be hitting on some uh, High School Musical 3. That's coming up. And we'll talk about Keys to the Kingdom Tour along some other fun stuff that I've got kind of written down in my little notebook here. We'll kind of go through that. Hear this? That's my notebook pages, and uh, we'll get to all that in just a few minutes. Uh, top of the show here, MyResumeLady.com. Please go visit that website if you're looking for a resume. You're looking for LinkedIn help. LinkedIn is a great app, by the way. I don't know if you know much about LinkedIn, but it's actually a pretty cool tool if you know how to use it. And if you're like me, you didn't really know how to use it. You don't really know how to use it. That's why you go visit Amy Campbell and her team over at MyResumeLady.com, a great sponsor of the show. Um, she's done hundreds, maybe thousands of resumes, uh, marketing uh, marketing ideas, marketing proposals, LinkedIn help. She will help you advance your career. Uh, tell her David Dollar sent you. I'd love to know that I sent somebody over there, and uh, I'd love to know that uh, she got some help um, from you guys, from you, the listening audience. That's MyResumeLady.com. Now, also, don't forget the show's sponsor. Sponsored by or produced by uh, Clay Shaver. He is the host of the Remodeling Clay podcast, a great podcast every Thursday. It's the best version of you. Uh, this past episode is actually all about life hacks and answers the question Is there a life hack to becoming the best version of you? Is there really? You're going to have to just download and listen. That podcast for Remodeling Clay come out every Thursday. He's a great producer of the show. I really could not do this show without him. Well, that's not true. I probably could. But it would take a lot longer, and I would be in a lot more struggle, and I'd be a lot more frustrated, and it probably would sound terrible. And so we just don't want to do that. So go visit uh, – go check out uh, Clay and his podcast, uh, Remodeling Clay, on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all the great podcasts where podcasts are sold, um, which is fun that I need – that I mentioned that because – we're now on Stitcher, and by the time you hear this, we probably will be on Google Play. So we're on all the podcatchers and all the major ones. You can find this show. So if you have a friend of yours that says, hey, you should listen to this Disney podcast, and they say, you know what, bro? I don't have iTunes, man. All I've got is Google Play. All I've got is Stitcher. You can now say, you know what? That's not an excuse because now Magic Nadella Podcast with David Dollar is on Stitcher and on Google Play. So 
Go check it out. Go to iTunes also. Leave a review. We'd love to hear from you on that end as well. So now, let's get to all your news around the world in 80 seconds. Some quick hits for you starting right now. The Candlelight Processional narrators have now been announced, and uh, we've got some great narrators coming up for Candlelight Processional. Some brand new faces as well. Now, what the Candlelight Processional is, Epcot, you have a celebrity that comes up there, reads the Christmas story straight out of the Bible. You have a choir made up of cast members and singers in the background doing some great music. Narrators this year, of course, included the returning uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Trace Adkins, Jody Benson, voice of The Little Mermaid, is coming out, coming back. I've heard her before, and she's phenomenal. Some new faces, Warwick Davis from Star Wars, he's coming to narrate, as well as Kurt. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. My goodness, Kurt Russell is going to be there. I would love to be there for Kurt Russell. Eat to the Beat this week, uh, performing at the American Amphitheater there at Eat to the Beat during the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Kenny G, Billy Ocean, and Tiffany. And I will tell you, all three of those are guilty pleasures for me. I love all three of them. And I have CDs by all three of them. Uh, Solo is the name of the brand new Star Wars movie coming out May 25th, 2018. Ron Howard directing, announcing this week that Solo, a Star Wars story, is the official name of the Han Solo story. And of course, along the Star Wars line, Star Tours starting at November 17th of this year, next month actually, in a few weeks, they will have the Jedi scene from The Last Jedi, or the Last Jedi scene within Star Tours, so you can ride that ride and see that scene, and you'll probably be able to see it, they'll probably play it for like four or five straight months. That is your news around the world in 80 seconds, and stop right there, right on the post, I love it, I love hitting that post. So let's talk about a little news, a little more news, more in-depth stuff. Um, first of all, some Disney history real quick, and I, I love Disney history, so so if you'll excuse me here while I jump on this, uh, I would love to talk about Disney history in the form of uh, Epcot and Magic Kingdom, because October is, I would almost consider October to be like, I don't know, Disney history month, because October 1st, 1971 is when the Magic Kingdom opened, October the 1st, 1982 is when Epcot opened, and... Uh, this week in 1971, actually, was Walt Disney World's three-day grand opening celebration. Yes, they opened on October 1st, but three weeks later, they were having like the grand opening. They had the uh, the Boston Pops Orchestra there. The World Symphony Orchestra was there. Um, celebrity guests, 1971, uh, Rock Hudson, Robert Stack, Walter Brennan, Sebastian Cabot, Fred McMurray, Annette Finicello, among the many celebrities of the day that were there. Nearly 40,000 guests jammed in the Magic Kingdom to, to jam to the party that was going on for, for – uh, uh, for that, I will tell you this though that uh, that forty thousand people is pretty light when it comes to it. Now, Magic Kingdom, they don't really release those numbers, but Magic Kingdom holds an estimated what seventy thousand people is my guess, something like that. They don't really tell you for sure, but that's when Magic Kingdom is closed for capacity. And we'll get to we'll talk about close, closing um, park closings and stuff later on in another episode. But when they close for capacity because of fire code, you're talking about sixty five to seventy thousand people in the park, which is insane. Also, this week in 1982, Epcot, the world first, uh, the world showcase first evening show called Carnival de la Mure debuted. It's a celebration of uh, world festivals with fountains, film, music, special effects. Um, they were basically using rear projection screens on barges c- that came out controlled by Apple computers uh, back in 1982. Um, you could only see it from Canada and Mexico. 
And so later on that summer, later on that year, actually, the New World Fantasy premiered, and then, of course, they had other shows, and then, of course, Tapestry of Nations into Illuminations, which is what they have now. Uh, so that's uh, that's back then. And, of course, also, and this is kind of a fun little story here, 1997, this week, Orlando Sentinel reported that Walt Disney World was going to close Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Now, it wasn't closing this week in 1997, but they announced that, yes, it's going to close. This is where Winnie the Pooh sits. Now, if you go into the Magic Kingdom, into Fantasyland, you'll see my the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And as you actually ride that ride, the very beginning of the ride is uh, is Owl's House. And as you're going through, if you look off to the left over on the over on the wall, you'll see a picture frame. And in this picture frame is Mr. Toad and Owl. And in the frame, Mr. Toad is handing Owl a deed. So it's kind of a fun little nugget there, a fun little uh, Easter egg that in the ride of Mr. Toad re- releasing it over to uh, uh, to Owl for and, and Pooh and his friends. Well, this wasn't taken kindly by a lot of people. There were petitions. There were websites that were built, basically, to save Mr. Toad. There were actually two factions that kind of took place. One was a pro-Toad. One was a pro-Poo. Um, at the time, the Tower of Terror movie was coming out on Disney Channel starring Kirsten Dunst and Steve Gutenberg, and they both vocally came out and said they support Mr. Toad. Supporting on Mr. Oh, supporting Winnie the Pooh, however, was Darius Rucker, who is uh, the lead singer of Hooting the Blowfish. He came out and said that he was a Winnie the Pooh guy through and through. So we know which faction won that argument because Mr. Toad's Wild Ride has been gone now for hmm, almost almost 20 years. Uh, you can still ride it in Magic Kingdom, uh, Magic Kingdom in Disneyland, though. Speaking of Disneyland, over on the Main Street Mouse, they have reported and announced that Disneyland will cancel all of their 2018 run Disney events. Um, a spokesman said construction of the 14-acre Star Wars land, Galaxy's Edge, in Disneyland, along with future development projects lined up around the resort area, such as the Disneyland Eastern Gateway, and a new four-diamond Disney hotel in the north part of downtown Disney, would affect future races since runners have to run a course in and around Disneyland. Now, George Savas, who is a Disneyland spokesman, said basically that uh, while construction for several years will impact our ability to deliver the run Disney experience our guests love, we're excited about the future as the resort continues one of the largest multi-year expansions now, if you've never been to a run Disney event, they are massive. They're big. Um, thousands and tens of thousands of people go to these things. They all run the race. They all get medals. They pay anywhere from what, $175, $180, $190, $200, $300 a piece to do these things. Um, it's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. And it's hard to get into as well. The last one for Run Disney uh, at Disneyland will be November 9th through the 12th, the Superheroes Half Marathon Weekend. Uh, it's a busy weekend down there for that. Um, I've never done a run Disney weekend, but I will tell you that Here's the good. Here's the bad news. Getting on to run Disney is very hard because you got to log. You got to log on the website just the right time. Let's say that the race opens at I don't know 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. That's when registration opens. So you're one of 10,000 people all trying to log on to the website at one time, trying to get logged in, trying to get registered. And you know, and I hear stories of oh I got one in, I got in, and I hear stories of people saying I couldn't get in and whatever. Um, I will tell you that I can help you with that. I am of course a an official Disney travel planner. And uh, I have learned recently because of changes that Disney has, has made that I can help you with your Run Disney event. What does that mean? That means I can work with you ahead of the registration and get you registered before the registration even opens up. For example, if it opens up on a Tuesday, you and I might actually book your package on a Saturday, which means Tuesday, you're throwing your hands back, you're kicking back, and you're watching High School Musical 3 on Disney Channel, thinking to yourself, ah, oh, those poor saps who have to all log on to the website at the same time to try to get on to Run Disney, while my great Disney travel planner, David Dollar, host of the Magical dollar podcast has already taken care of my registration for me let me know magic dollar at gmail.com is my web is my uh, email 
And I would love to talk to you about your run Disney or any other trip you got going on there. Of course, like I, I like to say this is not an infomercial, but I do have to tell you, I'm a Disney travel planner. I've helped 300 families or more with their trips. I've planned over 400 trips, well, 350 to 400 trips at this point. I've planned a lot of trips to this point. Um, you know, go visit me on Facebook. Uh, Disney on a dollar is my business page. And of course, Magic on a dollar is our fan community. It's growing a little by little and a few people, a few people here and there. It's a lot more, a lot more engagement on that one. You can actually, if you put something on the Disney on a dollar Facebook page, I may or may not see it the way that Facebook constructs their pages. You go over to, to Magic on a Dollar, put something in there. We can see it. Everybody can log on, talk about it, whatever. Love it. So make sure you take care of that. Um, they will be building a brand new hotel over in the Swan and Dolphin area. Uh, it is the uh, – oh, let me think. Hold on. I'm trying to think of the name of the actual company itself. It is not an official Disney hotel. It is a Kessler Collection Hotels. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Swan and Dolphin were originally built with Disney in mind. They were built for Disney back in the early 80s, but they have been recently – I don't say recently. They have been sold off to other properties, and so they sit on Disney property, but they're not official Disney hotels. So they get some of the same benefits. They get some of the same you know, park hours, things like that. But there's some things they don't get as well. Um, so the Swan and Dolphin are actually going to be going to be hosting and having another hotel go in next door over there. Uh, Kessler also owns a, central, owns a lot of hotels in Central Florida. They have the Grand Bahamian Hotel Orlando, the Bahamian Hotel Celebration in Celebration Florida, and other hotels as well. So they're going to put one there in that area. Um, basically, it'll be kind of close to Hollywood Studios, and you can see the Tower of Terror Right from uh, right from the window, which is kind of cool, and so that'll be coming up as well. Here's one of the big stories that came out. One the, story I haven't heard in a uh, story that uh, is kind of a major story for a lot of people because people kind of lost their minds. Walt Disney World will be allowing pets to come to the parks. Not excuse me, to the resorts. You can now bring your pets to the resorts. Now, let me open up by saying that Universal Studios down the road, their hotels have been pet friendly for a long time. Okay, uh, so this is not something new. This is not innovative. That Disney's breaking through with this new breaking ground with this new thing of, of pet friendly hotels among theme parks. Um, but they're now opening up the Art of Animation, Port Orleans Riverside Yacht Club, and Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. Now, Art of Animation, Port Orleans Riverside, and Fort Wilderness Cabins are going to be fifty dollars each per dog. Uh, Port um, Yacht Club will be seventy five per dog. Um, there's a lot of stipulations to go with this. You got to bring paperwork about vaccinations. They have to be able to be leashed. They have to be well behaved dogs. I mean, you're a dog owner. You should know your dog. You should know whether your dog should be you know, sane enough to bring to to come to the uh, come to the resorts. Um, and they will be uh, actually given. You will be given a Pluto's welcome kit when you check in. It includes a mat, a bowl, a pet ID tag, a courtesy plastic disposable bag for the little poopy, uh, puppy pads, and a doggy do not disturb hanger. This is to be put on the door because maids will not be coming into your room if that is on the door. Um, housekeeping will not be able to come into your room because they want to make sure that nothing happens to your dog or whatever. So, you know, also I believe I'm not. I believe this is right in saying that you can't you can't be away from your dog for longer than seven hours. So if you go to the park, you have to come back to walk your dog, let your dog you know get out a little bit and relieve himself and whatever. Um, I can see this being a wonderful idea. I can see this being a terrible idea. I see both sides of it. I am not a dog owner, so I will not be bringing a dog to Walt Disney World. If I were a dog owner, I still don't know that I would because I'd like to get away from my dog. I'd like to get away from my life when I go to Walt Disney World. But there are other people that love bringing their dogs everywhere. Now, also remember, too, this is one of those things that um, is specific to certain buildings. So it's not like if you want to book a room at Art of Animation but you're, you have dog allergies, you can't go there. 
you can. It's okay. Um, and so there will be certain buildings that will be dog rooms or dog buildings, I guess. Uh, Pet-friendly buildings, I guess you could say. And a lot of buildings that won't. Art of Animation, Port Orleans, uh, Wilderness Cabins. Those are large resorts. Those are large areas. Yacht Club, same thing. A very large building. So... Uh, you know, when you when you call me, your favorite Disney travel planner, and said, hey, David Dollar, I'd like to plan a trip. I'd like to go so-and-so time. We would go to Port Orleans Riverside. We're going to stay there because we love that resort. And why wouldn't you? It's, it's gorgeous. But you know what? My son has a dog allergy or my wife has a pet allergy or I don't like dogs. I'm scared of them because of whatever reason. You know what? I'm not going to say, yeah, sorry, I'm going to put you over to All-Star Music. No, I'm going to say, you know what? That's cool. Let's make sure you're not in a room close to the dogs. Simple, easy peasy. Um, so that's uh, that's some of the big news coming up there. Collie River Rapids refurb is happening in January. Going to be closing out in mid-January, closing through February the 4th. And they do this from time to time. They will close resorts. Every resort is closed at a certain point in time um, along the way because they have to fix things. They have to build things. They have to fix things, repaint things, replace things, or whatever to make sure the ride is up and running. Splash Mountain's actually been down for, gosh, three or four months now. It'll be down through November. Collie River Rapids, for those of you who don't know, Collie River Rapids is a water ride. Um, well, I take that back. It's sort of a water ride. It's like a big thunder ride. If you've ever been to a, a, an amusement park where you have the big rafts that you get on, and then you basically ride around into this big river, and there's waterfalls, and there's sprinklers, and there's water being shot at you from all directions. And, you know, there's always those one or two people who get stuck under the, uh, under the waterfall and get drenched. We went in January. I've only been to this ride three times. And the last time I went on it was in January, not January, excuse me, in May of 2015. My friend Joey, he and I were doing the WDW 50 and 24, 50 attractions in 24 hours. And yes, it is as hard as, it, as you can imagine it being. Um, we, were, we did Colorado River Rapids. Now, I've done it two times before that. I was very hesitant about getting on it because I'm thinking I have not gotten soaked in this ride yet. Uh, the most that have happened to me is my, my legs got a little bit wet. Maybe my sock was a little bit wet. I got some water on my, on my, on my leg there, but that's it. And so... I'm tempting the, the, the Kali River Rapid Gods riding this ride again. And so I wrote it, and I'm just ready. I'm ready for it. You know, we're, we're making plans to go back to the resort to change clothes afterwards. I'm just I'm ready to get soaked. I'm ready to get soaked. Thankfully, I did not because I was sitting across from the people who did get soaked. A, a young lady and her husband and their family, their kids, uh, were on the ride with us. And uh, they, it bounced around a little bit, and it got stuck under a little rock, as they sometimes do, and water drenched on she and her husband and one of her kids for about – 10 seconds. Basically, if you can imagine one very large bucket being poured slowly over your head for 10 seconds, that's exactly what it was. Um, also, interestingly enough, the poor lady had on a, a light-colored top. She had on a white shirt. And um, I don't have to do the math for you there. That was very uncomfortable for everybody in this ride because you could look around and seeing everybody was kind of looking in opposite directions. We were looking out at the water and looking up and looking down, looking around. Nobody was looking at her. To her credit, she was very nice and she was very just like – I don't know what I can do. Here I am. And so she got off the ride. She covered up with a jacket or whatever. But uh, but just be prepared. If you ever go on Collie River Rapids, there's a good chance you're going to get wet. I will never go on this ride again, ever, because I am I, I'm due. I am overdue. I am overdue to get soaked, and I don't want to get soaked. I just I just don't. I don't want to get walk around wet. I don't I don't want to. Um, this week in Disney history, movies wise, Dumbo celebrates its 76th anniversary. Opened up on October 23rd, 1941. 76 years later, Dumbo, one of these beloved 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 movies. Dumbo's a really sweet movie. Um, Baby mine. When when Dumbo's mama holds him in her trunk and she's locked up in that cage and she sings, baby, dude. I mean, it gets misty in the room. It is a heart-breaking, heart-wrenching song. It's an awesome song, but oh, man, it's heart-wrenching. Um, also opening up October 24th, uh, 2008, so nine years ago this week, High School Musical 3 premiered. 
Uh, and I only bring this up because I am not afraid to tell you that I love High School Musical 3. I don't like 1 and 2. I think they're – this is going to sound stupid. I think they're silly and goofy, and I don't really like them. They're not very well made in my opinion. They're, they're Disney Channel movies. Um, as opposed to High School Musical 3, which, of course, is an Oscar winner, right? No, it's it's a fun movie. It's very silly. It's very sweet. It's very innocent. I really like that. It's very. T- I mean, uh, 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 Ashley Tisdale and um, – uh, Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Zach Efron, who is a great actor, by the way. They're, they're very talented at what they do. It's a great movie. It's a fun movie. I'll tell you a little story, actually. I used to work at the Disney store a long time ago. Um, I guess 10 years ago when this song came out. And when this movie came out, and there were three movies in my tenure at the Disney store that really hit big. And that was High School Musical 3, the TV movie Camp Rock, and uh, the theatrical film, the Hannah Montana, the movie. Hannah Montana was kind of at its peak when I joined. It was kind of coming down off of its peak, ending with that movie. That's kind of where the series ended and everything. Um, and so when you work there, they have this big screen in the back, and they show video clips from different things. You know, they show, they'll show Bambi, and they'll show Dumbo, and they'll show, uh, um, they'll show uh, a whole new world clip from Aladdin, and maybe they'll show what's coming up for Walt Disney World and so on and so forth. Um, but what they would do is they would show they would show music clips from these movies, and so I saw Demi Lovato and the Jonas Brothers sing "This Is Me," the Camp Rock Final Jam song, a thousand times, and I watched Hannah Montana sing a thousand times. I actually like Hannah Montana some of the music; it's actually fun. There's three or four songs I particularly enjoy, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm a Disney fan. What can I say? Hannah Montana the movie came out, and. Um, they were promoting it, obviously. And so there was a song that came out from that movie called The Climb. You don't hear it as much anymore, but back then, you, you heard that song a lot. All about The Climb. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's not a good movie at all. Bill Ray Cyrus is in it. That's not why it's not a good movie, but maybe that's why it's not a good movie. I don't know. But The Climb came on, and it would play every 30 minutes. Two, two, two clockwork, every 30 minutes. Now, you have to imagine, I worked eight hours a day because I was an assistant manager, and so I worked eight hours a day, so I would see this video clip and hear the song 16 times a day. You time that times five, you're looking at about 80 times a week. So literally, I heard this song in its entirety 80 to 90 times per week. I got to the point after about time 17 or 18, I tuned it out. Um, so I didn't really hear it, and I really don't know the words to it, but it's 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 ingrained in my head. I will always remember the climb. Um High School Musical 3, however, a lot more fun. They, during that, they would play three or four clips. They played I Want It All, the Sharpay and her little brother in the, in the shopping mall singing whatever. Uh, the Boys Are Back where they're singing in the, um, in the gymnasium. I particularly like the song um, uh, Right Here, Right Now where Troy and Gabrielle sing. And uh, also they do the High School Musical, High School Musical, Who Says We Have to Let It Go, blah, 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 the theme song to it. I kind of like that one too. And yes, I just spent four minutes talking about a High School Musical in Hannah Montana and Camp Rock. Magic and a Dollar Podcast, folks. Magic and a Dollar Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can email me and tell me your favorite Disney music. Um, so real quick, I want to kind of end the show with a little segment here. Keys to the Kingdom Tour. I want to talk about that because somebody mentioned it. A couple of people actually brought it up to me. The Keys to the Kingdom Tour. Asking about what is the Keys to the Kingdom Tour. I mentioned that in last week's episode that I had gone on this tour a couple of times. And and uh, how much fun it was. How how great it was. Disney history. And, and again, I'm, a, I'm an amateur Disney historian. Uh, last week it talked about Walt building the park and Walt, you know, how he came to be, how it came to be in Orlando. Um, and I may have misspoken a little bit because I think when I listened back, it kind of sounded like I was saying all of it happened in 1965. No, he actually started looking for this, looking for that site, like in 1959 or 1960s, so that was like a three or four year process of looking for this land. Um, 
But we were one of the Cages of the Kingdom tour. I've been on it twice. 2009 was the first time. I want to say maybe 2011 was the second time. So it's been a little while. So I can't tell you exactly if everything's the same, but I do want to kind of tell you a little bit about my experience. And um, I think I think you'd love it. If you've been to the park several times and you're thinking, you know, I don't, we've ridden everything a thousand times and I love it and I love eating here. I love going there, but I want to do something different. Keys to the Kingdom Tour. Now, it's $99 a person. If you have an annual pass or a Disney Visa or your D23 member, I think you get certain discounts. Check on that. Don't quote me on that, but I know you get discounts on some of that. Um, and you have to be 16 years old or older. So if your small children are there, they can't go. And you just, obviously, you can't take video or audio uh, from the tour. But... You start out at City Hall, which is right there at the very opening of the park. You walk into the Magic Kingdom. You go under the train station. Train station is going kind of like a bridge, basically. And so you walk under that off to the left of the City Hall. It's where you meet up, and you, you have a little earpiece you put on, and you go to a certain frequency. And and your 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 cast member, your leader, um, she's speaking through a little headset, so you can all hear her as she's talking through some things. And um, it's really kind of cool because they walk you through starting. They walk you through the whole park, and it is just a Magic Kingdom a tour. There are some tours that will take you through all four parks, and those tours cost you about – no, actually, three parks. Hollywood, Epcot, Magic Kingdom, those tours cost you about $300, and I haven't been on that yet. I want to go, but it's a little pricey for my blood, but Magic Kingdom is actually fantastic, and so – um, the Keys of the Kingdom tour, you go in there and you get a headset on, you're walking through, your 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 cast member, whoever the, the leader is, your narrator, again, it depends on who they are. Sometimes they talk about marketing, sometimes they talk about history, sometimes they talk about whatever. I'm a personally a big fan of Claire, who is a lady in her 60s. She was all about Disney history, so it was right up my alley. I wanted to take her to coffee and just sit down and talk to her for like three hours going, tell me about this. Tell me about that. What happened with here? What happened with there? She was – she did a long-time cast member. She learned a lot of the stuff. She was there for a lot of the stuff. So we walked down city – walked um, from City Hall down Main Street, and they were talking about the windows and stuff, the windows that are in Main Street. And a lot of the windows, they all have stories, and they all have names on them. And uh, those people who make who get on the windows, that's like a huge honor for for, for Disney World people because um, if you get your name on a window, that means you are a vital part of Disney history. Uh, you'll see a lot of names up there, and you may not recognize those names, but you'll see them up there. And every one of them has a story of what they contributed to the Disney company. It's a big deal. Disney legend and getting a window on Main Street; those are two probably of the highest honors you can possibly imagine in the Disney community. I honestly can't think of anything else. Maybe I'm sure there's individual awards and stuff like ribbons and medals and things to be given. But I know Windows and Disney Legend status is, is two just tremendous honors. Um, so we talked about the Windows. There's actually a little street there on the side there that actually has a name. And I want to say it's Center Street. I'm not really sure. It's a little alley. It's kind of a little alcove nook place you can go and sit and eat some funnel cake and eat ice cream or whatever. We'd go over there and we'd sit and we would walk through and she would talk through some Disney history. She would talk about things and um, – talk about Walt Disney and Roy Disney and so on and so forth and we walked from there we walked through the park and she would point out things you know about the rides this that and the other uh, we took our own Jungle Cruise boat and instead of the young regular Jungle Cruise narration with the bad jokes and stuff we actually had Claire talking and pointing things out and you know uh, for example the plane that you pass by that, that's the back half of the plane the front half of that plane is actually in the Casablanca scene in the great movie ride rest in peace it's not there anymore uh, the ride's not not plane's gone too but the ride's gone um but things like that. I mean, they would point out, you know, the 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 uh, cemetery keeper, the groundskeeper in Haunted Mansion. You see the scared guy shaking with a lantern. That's the same maquette, the same mannequin as the guy that's on the pole with a rhino under it where he gets the point in the end. There's three people climbing up a pole to go away from the rhino. Same guy right there, same face. 
You know, and it's a lot of little things like that, a little trivia. I'm just soaking these things up, just sponging these things up. There's a hidden minion actually in one of the uh, one of the attractions, uh, one of the parts of Jungle Cruise. As you go into the tunnel, as you're coming out of the tunnel on the left side, there's a hidden mini where you can see Minnie's Minnie's face, Minnie's silhouette in the rock. I have yet to see it. I have been on that ride a thousand times. I look every time and I can't see it. I need somebody to laser point it out for me, but it's there. Um, so we got done with that. We walked over to Splash Mountain, walked backstage, which is kind of cool. Uh, it, it is backstage is actually what you think it would be. It's not this glamorous, you know. Oh my gosh, it's so cool back here. It's 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 a company. It's a warehouse. I mean, things are back there. There's piles of things everywhere. There's construction. There's vehicles. There's people milling about out of costume. You know, you walk back there. We walked around actually backstage around the uh, the Splash Mountain area, and as you walk through, you see a big yellow line on the pavement. That's the sign. That's the line of sight line. If you're behind that line, that means guests cannot see you, and you're okay to take your helmet off, take your mask off, and get out of character. If you're in front of that line, that means you have to be in character. No matter what you're doing, you have to be in character because guests can see you. Even if you're a face character and you're just goofing around or something. Guests can see you, so you have to do the same pose and the same structure and the same walk and everything. In once you're past that line, just in case a kid sees you or something, um, it is a little strange to see you know uh, a, a girl playing Woody um, with Woody's helmet, head, mask over here on the side, and Woody is actually zipping up Br'er Rabbit, the costume for Br'er Rabbit, and helping her adjust her 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 ears, her helmet or whatever. Um, and if the kids are listening to this, then. Just forget everything I just said. It's all real. Uh, no, it is, it's kind of strange. I mean, it's you know it. You know that to be true, but when you see it for your own eyes, it's like that's just it's just odd. Now, for me, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't phase me at all. When I see Mickey Mouse, I'm like, hey, Mickey, what's up? When I see Rapunzel, I, my heart skips a beat because Rapunzel's my favorite princess. But it is kind of odd to see some of that backstage. Uh, we went to um, we went to Splash Mountain backstage, and they have this massive massive tank where the water goes and they drain it every few nights they drain the whole ride into this tank and it is probably i don't know 35 feet deep and about 20 feet across i mean it is massive we were able to look in there and they were kind of doing some water stuff they drain it they walk the ride they refix it they refix it they repair it and they put the water back and everything so it was really really cool to see that um you know we the electrical light parade had just come back into town and spectrum magic had just ended and so it was really funny because Claire was taking us around, showing us some of the floats. And we don't – she said – she told me, told us that they don't get to see a lot of the floats a lot of times. So but we actually got to see the, uh, the Spectrum Magic. And I feel like I would be Claire if I were doing this tour because she was – she'd pull us over there and, okay, this is so exciting. This is an actual Spectrum Magic float. You don't get to see this. You never get to see this. So we walk in the warehouse with, it, with me. So we walk in the warehouse and there's like four or five floats. This is so amazing. Folks, they never put these floats out. And we're able to see – look at these floats. Look at the design of these floats. And just – of course, I'm just like happy as a little schoolboy. I'm just like cutting my hands going, yes, tell me more. Tell me more. It's wonderful. And so I'm soaking this up. We get to see the floats backstage. We go have lunch at Columbia Harbor House, which is a great lunch. I, I love Columbia Harbor House because they have shrimp and fish, and I love shrimp and fish. Um, we went on the Haunted Mansion ride together, and he, she kind of pointed a few things out there. It was funny because she left her headset on. She didn't mean to. So she's, she's whoever she's sitting with, she's talking about the ride on Haunted Mansion, and we're all listening in. And these are things that, like, not necessarily that we're supposed to hear because she's actually telling more secrets than I think she was intending on telling about, you know, there's a door to this, and there's a door to that, and you look at this, and blah, blah, blah. So we were hearing everything, and, of course, we got off the ride, and, and she's like, Oh, you guys could hear me, right? We were like, yep, it was awesome. Uh, funny thing about Haunted Mansion, 
and maybe I'll do a Haunted Mansion segment next week on what I know about it. But if you look at it, it's got like kind of like chess pieces on top. You can see like a knight and a, and a horse. I mean, when you kind of look at it, it looks like there are some chess pieces on top. And that's because um, Mark Davis was a big joker. He's one of the guys who uh, – Mark Davis and Claude Rains. I'm going to go with that, Claude Rains, and it could be wrong. But those are the two that built the Haunted Mansion, kind of put the Haunted Mansion design together. Well, Mark was a big joker, and he loved chess. He loved playing chess. And so as a joke, people would come in every day, and they would put chess pieces around his office. So he'd pick them up. He'd put them back on the chessboard. He'd come in the next day. There's pieces around the office, and so they'd, he'd put them back on the chessboard. So one day, he had a maquette, a model of the Haunted Mansion that was to be built very soon at the Magic Kingdom. And people came in and put the chess pieces all over the Magic Kingdom, all over the, the, the statue or the model of the Haunted Mansion. Well, he sat down at his desk, and he looked at it, and he was like, that looks kind of cool. So he moved some pieces around, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, if I put a rook here and I put a bishop here, and that looks awesome. And you know what? That design made it into the Haunted Mansion. One of the things you'll also notice, you know what? I'm going to save that for next week. We'll talk about that next week about Haunted Mansion. I'm not even going to, I'll tell my Haunted Mansion secrets and stories next week. That's coming up. So Haunted Mansion, we did that. Of course, then we went down to the Utilidors, and that's what everybody wants to see. Because back in Disneyland... Walt Disney would get frustrated because he would be walking through Tomorrowland and he'd see somebody with a with a um, with a Frontierland costume, or he'd walk through Fantasyland and there would be somebody in a Tomorrowland costume, very futuristic looking in a fantasy world, in a Fantasyland old time world. And he's like, "Well, this will this will never do because this takes you out of the story." And so, you know, these are people coming to work. These are cast members coming in the front gates, coming to work, and they're walking across to Tomorrowland, but they're in their their gray outfit in you know Frontierland where they're supposed to be like muskets and raccoon heads. And so. Um, so he said, you know, he commissioned them to build a tunnel system under the Magic Kingdom. So that way, when people come to work, they go in there, and you walk through the tunnel system, and you can get to Tomorrowland in your costume and be fine. You'll never see – I take that back. You're never supposed to see somebody in a Tomorrowland costume in Adventureland. You're never supposed to see somebody in a storybook circus costume in Frontierland. Does it happen? Probably, but you're never supposed to see that. The underground system, too, is also where they keep the garbage. That's where they keep the food. That's where they're not the same place, by the way. That's where they keep all, this, all the, the, the inventory and things like that. I mean, as you walk by, sometimes in a gift shop, you'll see a door open, and you can peer in there real quick, and you'll see a few clothes and some things hanging on or whatever. But they all have doors and like stairways down to the bottom where they can go back and actually restock stuff. That's where things are delivered. That's where stuff's delivered. So you're not going to see trucks uh, hauling through Disneyland full of you know, bottled water and things like that. They get that in the utilidor system. Uh, that's where the trash compactors go. The, by the way, the trash system is massive. I mean, it is. There's so much trash going down there, you know. And people sift through it. They pull out recyclable stuff. I mean, that's that's part of the job. Um, there used to be this this old myth where there were garbage can holes. And garbage cans would sit on holes, and they would pull the cans under and put the cans back up into place. You know, so you never see them. I found out many many years ago that was actually a myth that you actually will see people pushing through. Uh, pushing little carts and things through the kingdom full of trash. Um, but they take it backstage, and they take it to the utilidors. And we walk through the utilidors, and it really is just a, like a warehouse. I mean, it's gray walls, gray floor. There's piping running along the walls. Every wall is color-coded. So you, if you're in orange, you're over in this land, and you're supposed to be in purple, which is that land. So you'll kind of know where things are. It's a big system. You can actually Google a utilidors map. It's a major system. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of walking that comes involved. Um, that's where the break room break rooms are. That's where you know um, they have little cafes down there. They have a lot of things down there for cast members and stuff because that's where you're supposed to go, right? And so um, and so that's the utilidors. And finally, we ended up out in one of the backstage areas where um, we were close to the building where the Tinkerbell wire comes down. Meaning, Tinkerbell goes from Cinderella's castle into a place 
beyond Main Street. Now, she tells the story of, and I don't know if this is still true. They may have fixed this and they have done something different now. But back then, at least, uh, as of five or six years ago, Tinkerbell would be on top of Cinderella's castle. And basically, she would have somebody that would push her down that wire. The wire is angled to a point where gravity takes over and she pushes. So on a windy day, she goes flying down that wire. I mean, just flying. On a very calm day where there's no wind, she may get stuck halfway through and kind of have to tote herself across, pull herself across. And at the bottom of that wire are people that catch her. I mean, there are literally people that will catch her. And we, we actually talked to somebody who does that. One of the people, one of the cast members, kind of the big burly guy, he and a couple other people, they will catch her as she comes down. And he said that, you know, on a windy day, she comes in hot, she comes flying through there, and it will knock all of them over to catch her. Um, Again, they may do something different now. I don't know. But back then, that's exactly how they do it. That's exactly how they used to do it. So, Keys of the Kingdom Door is a great tour. It's a lot of fun walking through that. I really I wouldn't mind doing it again, to be honest with you. Um, and the second time we did it, we had a cast member who basically just told told us, ask me anything. And he just gave his tribute all the way. But, you know, he's like, ask us anything. Ask me anything, and I'll be happy to answer if I can. He told the story of 9-11, what happened at 9-11 with Disney and how he was there for that. And he talked about the hurricanes and things like that and other things that happened, you know, big events that we all asked him, well, what about this and what about that? And well, let me tell you about this and here's why that and so on. Keys of the Kingdom Tour, I definitely recommend it if you guys can go. Um, contact me, your magical travel planner, David Dollar, uh, host of the Magic and Dollar podcast. Uh, that's Magic and a Dollar at gmail.com for travel needs. If you have a question about the podcast here, it's Magic on a Dollar podcast at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you about your trip. And remember, I don't charge you anything extra if you stay on property. So anything you do, if you do the entire trip all online, all by yourself, with trying to figure out where to stay and what to do and what days to go and what, what promotional packages to get, what on, so on and so on and so on. If you came through me, you would pay the exact same amount. I do not send you an invoice. I don't charge you anything extra. Nothing like that, okay? Disney takes care of me, and that's why I'm able to take care of you as much as I possibly can. Help you with your dining. Help you with your fast passes. Help you with saving as much money as I possibly can. Had a new promotion that came out two weeks ago for January and February. I was able to save uh, nine families over $9,000. Now, granted, one of those families saved several thousand on their trip, so that's that's the bulk of that. But I was able to save a whole lot of money for a lot of people. Um, not saying I can save everybody uh, everybody money, but I can definitely try for you. So don't forget to visit MyResumeLady.com, sponsor of the show. Uh, let Amy Campbell and her team help you with your resume, help you get a better job with your resume, with your LinkedIn, with your marketing plan, all kinds of marketing tools. Again, don't forget to visit RemodelingClay.com um, online and uh, check out the Remodeling Clay Shaver podcast. He'd love, he'd love the free to listen. I'd love for you to listen. It's a great podcast. Find me. MagicUnadollar.com, also on Twitter, DisneyUnadollar, Instagram is MagicUnadollar, Facebook.com, the Disney, the Disney business page is DisneyUnadollar, and our fan community that is growing is MagicUnadollar. Guys, we would love to hear from you. Thanks again, folks, for listening. Um, I am just pleased as punch as you guys have listened. Share the show with a friend. Go on iTunes, share the show. Uh, again, my name is David Dollar. You can find me, MagicUnadollarPodcast at gmail.com. Find me online. Love to talk to you as well. That is our show today, and don't forget... To thank a Phoenician.